thank you. Um, yeah, so well, hello again. I'm Luke, and I am um, a ministry assistant here. I am the son of Sarah and Glenn Madden, the pastors of this awesome church, and usually I'm worship leading or I'm drumming, um, and uh, I love doing that. Um, but my dad has asked me a couple times to preach this summer. It's been really awesome. And this one was funny because I started, uh, I probably started like a month ago. Like I had one idea, I was going to talk about that. And then um, we went away and I was like, okay, I'll leave that. We have, I have lots of time to go back to it when I'm back. I feel good about that topic. And then I get back from Britain and on the Wednesday I'm looking at my computer. I'm going, this sucks. I can't do this. This doesn't make any sense. And then Wednesday, I didn't have anything. Thursday, I woke up. And then um, the Lord, I'll talk about it, but the Lord really guided me. And so I made a sermon in two days, and that's never happened to me before. So I'm pretty happy with that. So, um, But yeah, I'm really excited because what the Lord showed me was something I'd been learning and something I've been convicted about myself and challenged with and, and encouraged too. And I think... Um, I find it when I'm preaching something that I am learning myself, it's from a real place of like, I, I'm living this, I'm believing this. So from that place, I can share with you and hopefully encourage you and, and challenge you guys too. Um, but yeah, let's get going. I've read the scriptures and those are going to come up through the, uh, the uh, sermon. But if you guys do want to open your Bibles, open it to Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I'll be going back there a couple times. So yeah, we were just in Britain. We were in Britain for two weeks, um, and we, it was awesome. We went back to North Wales, where we used to live, and we saw our old house, and we saw my granny, um, and it was just really fun. We were hanging with friends, and we were visiting all these little towns, and we saw a couple castles, and it was really cool, really fun. Then we stayed in London for a couple days, and saw Buckingham Palace, met the Queen. She was great. Um, and then we went to, like, we saw Big Ben, which is just always under construction, and um, yeah, it was awesome, just doing all this touristy things, and resting, and, and having fun with family, um, but at the start of the trip, and this is where um, the Lord started to convict me, we were sitting in the airport, and we were in our gate, and there's hundreds, if not thousands of people in this airport, and in our, like, terminal, there were hundreds, and I was so struck with the thought of these people might not know Jesus aren't I supposed to do something about that isn't it my job to share Jesus with them and for whatever reason I just couldn't work up the courage to like there was this one guy that I knew I should have talked to but I just couldn't work up the courage to do it and I didn't and I was just so like that shouldn't be how it is that should not be how I respond to that situation. There are people who need to hear about Jesus, but I can't, I didn't tell them. And this really convicted me. And maybe you felt the same, like you have a duty that the Lord has given us as Christians, but we just don't do it. And I think there's a couple reasons why we don't do it, and I'll get to those in a second, but the main thing is we have to go. Jesus says in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. These were some of his last words before going back to heaven. He just said, Go make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. 
go and make disciples. He doesn't give us a step-by-step of how or what exactly to say. He just says, go and make them. It's so simple, and yet we so often, just I so often, just don't. We don't. We don't talk to people about Jesus. And this isn't a guilting because I do this too. Like, we just don't talk to enough people about Jesus. And for me, I have two reasons why I don't why I don't talk to people, why I don't evangelize, why I don't share the gospel. The first one is a fear of rejection, them labeling me a fool or losing my, or me being worried of losing my relationship with them. Or it could be them thinking I'm just, I'm lost in this ancient form of living, this ancient form of thinking. That's the first one. And the second one, which is really, really dangerous for a Christian, is apathy being apathetic to the people that we need to talk to, being unconcerned, being careless to them. And so this fear of rejection, this is just the worry that we will be rejected because we've shared our faith. This is the worry that people won't take us seriously or we'd lose their respect or we would lose our job or whatever. It's the fear of being rejected by somebody. The thing that this says, though, when we have a fear of rejection, when I have a fear of rejection, I'm saying that my faith is not as important to me as, is not that important that I need to share it with somebody. I'm downplaying the importance of my faith when I'm not talking to people about it, when I'm worried that they are, that they will respond in a way that puts me down or um, casts me aside. It's saying that I am not... I'm not going to risk that. I'm not going to risk that so that they would know this good news of Jesus. But the truth is, is that if we really believe that our faith is the most important thing in our lives, which I believe most Christians would, and if it's not, then it should be. Our faith is the most important part of our life. If we believe that, we wouldn't care if we got rejected. We wouldn't care if we got ridiculed for it. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 22, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. You will be persecuted. That's what he says. So we cannot live a life as a Christian without being rejected, without even being hated. It's not possible. And I think we try our best to do this. I try my best. How can I say this in a way that won't get me rejected, that won't make them think that I'm a fool. But Jesus says, this is going to happen. You will be rejected. You will be hated even. So just own it. Like, just stop trying to not be rejected. It's impossible to have faith in Jesus and not be rejected. So just stop trying to not be rejected. Endure to the end, he says. The one who endures to the end will be saved. Endure to the end. Don't worry about rejection. And then there's apathy. The dictionary definition of apathy is this. It's a lack of feeling, emotion, interest, and concern, and a state of indifference. When we're apathetic towards telling telling people about the good news of Jesus Christ, as Christians, we need to seriously check our hearts. I need to check my heart when I feel apathetic, when I'm unconcerned about the people that I see, that I know do not know Christ, when I don't care about their eternity. Because when we are apathetic, we're saying that we have no desire to talk to others, 
no desire to pray for others, no concern for their eternal state, and no interest in a possible relationship with Jesus for these people. And these are all things that we would say are so important to us, but we don't have that desire for somebody else to know that, to have that relationship with God. So we need to ask ourselves, am I unconcerned about these people? Am I indifferent to them? Because if you answer, oh, yeah, I, I guess so, or my actions could, like, you could pull that um, response from my actions, then we need, to, we need to have some serious heart, heart check. I don't know. But we need, to, we need to see where that comes from, and we need to get rid of it. I just listened to a sermon from my dad's uh, mentor who's passed away. He said, We need to be disturbed from our apathy. We need to wake up to this reality that people are not going to heaven and meeting Jesus. They don't know the importance of Jesus. They don't know salvation. We need to be disturbed from our apathetic feeling to these people. And so, before I go anywhere else, I want to explain what it is that we're sharing. What is this good news of Jesus Christ? Like, this, should be, this is something that we need to be pretty clear on or else maybe we're not saying it the right way or we don't know what we're truly supposed to be sharing. And I'm going to make it really simple. There's four sections, four basic sections, each with more depth and more beauty than I can say. But this is the simple way of, of remembering the gospel and then being able to share the gospel too. So the first one is God. God loves us and has created us and wants relationship with us. He wants us to know him. That's the first part of the gospel. The second part is man. Man can't have relationship with him because of our sin and our imperfection. And because he's a perfect God, we cannot be imperfect and be with him. And a penalty of sin, of our imperfection, is death. And then Jesus. God's love bridges the gap of separation between us and him through Jesus, the Son of God's death and resurrection. When he paid the penalty for our sins, he bought our forgiveness for us. And then the response. All we have to do to receive the free gift of salvation is receive Um, is to ask for forgiveness of our sins and believe that Jesus took our punishment for us. And then we live as he calls us to live. We live as he commands us to live. That's the gospel in four sections. God, man, Jesus, response. So if you're a believer, I would write that down. And I would remember, there's really, if you're explaining it to somebody, you can explain it to them in less than two minutes and go into more depth afterwards. But intro it, it's really simple. In two minutes, you can talk about the gospel. And there's more depth, obviously, but this is a great way of, of sharing the gospel with people. And because I think sometimes I take the gospel, I just think there's no way that I can possibly explain it to people in a way that would make them interested. Like there's more depth and there's more meaning and there's more like, what about the Old Testament, how it all leads to Jesus and, and all of that. Whereas we're just called to go and make disciples, to talk about Jesus. And he moves hearts. It's not on us to move hearts. We share the message, and he makes the impact in people's lives. 
And so now, believers, you might be asking, how can I share this? Like, what are practical ways? What are things I need to remember as I want to share this? And in everything that I'm about to say, in these four points I'm about to say, I want you to be encouraged. And this might feel like a hard-hitting, if you're not talking about Jesus, you suck. That's not what it is, because I would just be telling myself that. And I have been lost as I've been doing this. Like, I am such a hypocrite. Um, But this is supposed to be encouraging. This is what Jesus calls us to do. This is his last command to us. Go and make disciples. And it's something that we need to do. And so I want you to be convicted and encouraged that this is possible and we can do this. So the first point, and this is the overarching point, is be intentional and be prayerful. Evangelism, sharing the gospel with people, needs to be a part of our everyday lives. I just read a book and it said that evangelism needs to be a spiritual discipline to us. Like prayer and like devotions, or like going to church or or going to community group, we need to make time and discipline ourselves in evangelism. We need to wake up every morning and go, okay, how can I make time for evangelism? How can I tell people about the gospel today? Just like you would, where can I do my devotions? Where can I spend time in prayer? Where can I evangelize? Where can I talk to people? It needs to be a part of our everyday routines, every aspect of our life. We need to be intentional about it. And then within that focus on our everyday, we need to pray and we need to just go. We can do nothing without the power of Christ working in us, without the Holy Spirit making the impact on people. So we need to pray that he would do so. We can say all the words, words in the world, but if the Lord is not getting that person's soul, if we're not asking him to, to bring salvation to them and going in his power, nothing will happen. It doesn't matter all that we do, all that we give. If we're not praying and if we're not following him in it and needing him, nothing will happen. We need to pray. And we need to pray that he'll give us a passion for the lost too. That these people that we know, our family and our friends and our coworkers, our neighbors, these people that don't know Christ, we need to be passionate about them. Move away from apathy and be passionate about their eternity, about their possible relationship with Jesus. We need to ask the Holy Spirit for a passion and for wisdom and guidance. And then once we do that, we just need to go. And this, this is one of my favorite things about um, what I learned, and my, my mom showed me this too, is that in the parable of the sower, Jesus said, the sower went out and sowed seeds. And they landed in all the four different spots. And some of them didn't grow, and 25% of them did. But the most important part of that, or at least for this uh, point, is the sower went out to sow. He just went out. He didn't, like, real, he didn't try to analyze Oh, well, that could be more fruitful. That could bring salvation more. He just went out and sowed. Wherever he was, wherever they landed, it was his job just to go and sow the seed, just to go and share the gospel. Just pray and go. Remember that. Pray for wisdom. Pray for passion and go. So be intentional and prayerful. The next point is be personal. And this connects with sharing your faith with family and friends, people that you know really well, people that you know their story or their backgrounds or um, you know what they're going through. 
Be personal with them. Be open and honest with what God is doing in your life. And my mom is just amazing at this. She'll say, oh, I'm so like, in a regular conversation, like, how was your week? Oh, it was awesome. God answered my prayers for this, and I'm really thankful for that. And just letting, even in passing, like, just be open and honest about what God is doing in your life. Be personal with them. Let them know that Jesus is a personal God, intertwined in every part of our lives. And there's not a section that he is not the biggest part of. We need to be open and honest about that and share with people that Jesus is with us and Jesus um, is impacting us. And we also need to connect that person's life with Jesus. We need to look for ways to intersect their lives and what's going on with the gospel. And so this could be, if they're doing great, Tell them how good it is that God gives victory and blessing and good gifts that we don't deserve. If they're having a really rough time, try be sensitive, but try to share the hope that Jesus brings. That in this broken world, we have hope of eternity, of wholeness, of peace that will not come now, but will come through Jesus. Look for ways to intersect their lives with the gospel. And by doing this, we're making Jesus personal for them. We're going in every area of your life, whether it's good or bad, Jesus is with you. Jesus loves you. Jesus is intertwined with your life. He's a personal and intimate God. And another way to be personal is invite them to church. Invite them to a community group. Invite it and do it with other believers. Ministry and evangelism shouldn't be done by ourselves all the time. We need people around us. In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Encourage one another and build one another up. This helps continue, this um, helps one another continue to share the gospel. If I hear that somebody else is doing a really awesome job at sharing the gospel, and they did this, and either they got rejected or they said this, and this person's interested, I'm encouraged, like, that guy can do it. I want to do this too. This is what we're supposed to do. Be personal. Do it with others. Invite them to church and community group where they can see other believers. They can see the fellowship between us and learn more about Christ. That's point two. Be personal. Third point is be bold. Be bold. And this connects with evangelizing with people you don't know, which is so hard. It takes boldness. And the first part is pray. Pray for guidance, obviously. Pray for wisdom. But we need to be bold in sharing our faith. We need to just take a chance and do it. We mustn't fear rejection or persecution or be apathetic towards these people. We need to be bold. We need to be bold. People hear the gospel and know Christ as their Savior only when Christians are bold in sharing their faith. You might want to write that down. I didn't put that on the slides. I should have. That's a good one. Um, People only hear and know Jesus when Christians are bold about their faith. Nobody you know that doesn't know Jesus will know them unless somebody, you included, will be bold in sharing them. So are you going to be the one that's bold? Are you going to take the step and go, okay, even if I get rejected, that person needs to know Jesus. I'm going to be bold and I'm going to talk to him. I just heard this story about boldness. One lady 
from a, this is a real story, a true story. One lady picks out six people from the obituary section of the newspaper and she writes to them. She shares Jesus with them, sympathizes with them, and tells them that we have a Savior who cares and understands. She wrote to this lady who lost her mother a letter, but she folded it up and forgot it. This lady who lost her mother. She folded it up and forgot it. This lady had a friend, a man who was an outspoken atheist and mechanic. Another church member took his car to be repaired, and it was repaired by this man. The church member paid his bill and shared Jesus with him over the counter. The atheist man cursed and swore at the Christian, and the Christian drove away. A few weeks later, this Christian man gets a knock at the door, and it's this atheist mechanic. And he says to the Christian, I want to know Jesus as my Savior. He accepts Jesus, and then goes to his friend, the lady who got the letter from um, the member at the church. He then shares Jesus with this lady and mentions the church that he had been to. She remembered the church because of the letter from that woman that gave it to her from the church. Then she came to church and got saved. These two were gypsies. And gypsy, gypsies share everything with each other. They're always communicating. What was amazing is that because of these two Christians' boldness in sharing the gospel, two people got saved. And then from those two people, 17 more gypsies got saved. 17 people coming to know Christ because of two people's boldness to share the gospel with them. They weren't afraid of rejection. They weren't apathetic towards that person's eternity. They were bold and stepped out in faith. This changes the world. This changes the world. People will only know Jesus as their Savior. Oh no, dang, I was on a roll. People will only know Jesus as their Savior if Christians are bold if we are bold in our faith, if we step out. Yesterday, I was at Starbucks and I was on my break and there was a guy who was on his computer and I felt like I should talk to him. So I walked over to him and I said, hey man, I'm Luke, I work here. Can I talk to you about Jesus? And he went, nope, gotta study. I went, all right. And I went back to work. It didn't work out, but that's boldness. That's boldness. And maybe I should have said it a different way and not have been so forthright but the point is be bold about sharing jesus make the effort give yourself an opportunity and put yourself in positions where people will hear about the gospel be bold and think of ways that you can be bold you can write letters to people sharing the gospel with them if they're going through a tough time you can just share it over the counter in those four steps you can do this think of ways that you can be bold Another aspect of of boldness is boldness in prayer and faith. And I think this is something that I want to skip over. This is talking about the power of Jesus and the supernatural power of Jesus. As Christians, we believe in the supernatural. We believe that miracles can and will happen. So we need to have faith and pray for miracles. I know this gets some people a little squirmy, like they don't want to believe that if they go and pray for somebody, their leg will be healed. Or they'll be, every disease will be taken away. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Lots of times it doesn't happen. But that doesn't mean God isn't able. He can heal. And he still does. And he always will. In Mark, 
Jesus says that signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons, speak in new tongues, pick up serpents and not be hurt, drink poison and not be poisoned, and lay their hands on the sick and see them healed. And this was for the apostles, but it's also for us. And I think we go really quickly, at least I do, I go, well, most of that was fulfilled in the apostles. They picked up servants. They weren't, they weren't hurt. They, they got out of prisons because of earthquakes. Like, that's not, that's cool that they did that, but that doesn't happen now. It happens now. It does happen now. People get healed. Broken legs are restored. God can heal anything and anyone. It doesn't matter what it is. Pray for miracles and be bold in prayer. Don't be ashamed or afraid of asking somebody if they want prayer and then asking for healing. The worst thing that happens is they don't get healed, but they know about Jesus now. Pray for people. Be bold. And then in all of this, as I try to to bring this to a close, is to be encouraged. Be encouraged. Jesus says in Matthew Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I am with you always. Though we are sheep in the midst of wolves, we are not alone, and we have divine strength and power on our side. This is the biggest job in the world, but we can do it because Jesus is with us. These were his final words to us. I'm with you. Go, make disciples. We can do this because the Holy Spirit comforts us, guides us, convicts us, strengthens us, and loves us, and he will never leave us. This is also an encouragement that every single believer can make disciples. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have, you can make disciples. Here's another encouraging story. I heard of a lady who was blind, but she still wanted to share her faith. She would wait on God in prayer and then say, Jesus, I'm going to go stand at the city gate. I want you to bring somebody to me. I can't see them. I can't go and find them. But bring me somebody to talk to about you. And every time she prayed this prayer and stood at the gate, somebody was brought to her by the Holy Spirit that she could share Jesus with. She was blind, and she was an elderly lady, and she could still make a difference. She could be bold. She could share Jesus with people. He is always with us, and he can use anyone. Just will we let him? Will we be bold? Will we trust him that he's with us? He can do miracles. He can make a huge impact in people, an eternity of impact in people's hearts. But will we let him use us? So to summarize, believers, Jesus calls every one of us to go and make disciples. It's not a calling for some or just for the leaders, but for all of us. In your evangelism, remember these points. Be intentional and prayerful. So make it a regular discipline of everyday life, every part of your life. See how you can work in evangelism and telling people about Jesus. And in that, you've got to pray for guidance, pray for wisdom, and go. Just go and make disciples. Share the good news. 
And then be personal. Share your story with people. Share your story with fellow Christians. Share your story with your neighbors, with your friends and family that don't know Christ. And weave the gospel into their lives. Be sensitive to what they're going through. But just try to bring Jesus to them in a way that's personal, in a way that they can hold on to. Then be bold. Think of ways to be bold, to share your faith. Be bold. Just go. Talk to somebody. If you're not sure whether, if you're sitting somewhere and you think like, maybe I should go talk to that person, you should talk to that person. If you think, oh, Holy Spirit, are you leading me? He is leading you. Go talk to that person. Go talk to that person. Be bold and believe in miracles. Believe in miracles that will happen. And it's in Jesus' time when we trust him completely, but believe in miracles to happen. Be bold in prayer. We just had a friend who hasn't been a Christian for decades, but we've been praying for him for a long time. And when we were in Britain, we got to baptize him. He finally became a Christian. Be bold in prayer. And be encouraged. Jesus is always with us, and he can use anyone. It doesn't matter if we're a donkey. It doesn't matter if we say all the right things. He's always with us, and he can use anyone. This gospel that we believe in, sorry, wow. I need to make it a habit not to cry on stage. Wow. This gospel that we believe in, um, believers and non-believers, this gospel is for you and will never lose its power. Non-believers, God loves you and wants you to know him. And our sin stops us from knowing him. We need a relationship with Jesus. We need salvation. But Jesus in love paid the penalty for our sins and bought our forgiveness for us. All we have to do is repent and believe and follow him. This has power and miracles can happen. It still do happen. I implore you if you don't believe today and you're not too sure what this just softy is talking about, I implore you to come to call upon his name be forgiven because he loves you and will never leave you. So I'll invite the worship team up and we're going to have a couple of uh, just spiritual leaders up, up at the front. And uh, believers, I encourage you to come receive prayer for boldness for guidance, for passion for the lost, for help, to ask questions about how to do it. Like, how, what is a practical way that I can do this? What are ways that you've done this? To receive prayer and, and non-believers, I encourage you to be bold and come get prayer. Ask questions and receive Jesus. He's all you'll need. He is your strength and your shield in every circumstance. I could tell you countless stories of of Christians that have gone through really, really hard times. But because they had Jesus, they made it through and they didn't lose hope. So I encourage you, come receive Jesus. And if you don't want to step, um, if you don't want to step up, if that's too much for you, leave your name at the Connect Desk and we'll get somebody 
to get in touch with you outside of the church. Yeah, I'm going to pray. And, uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you use use everybody. Uh, This call is is the most important part of our lives as believers. I pray, Jesus, that in everything we do, every part of our lives, would you use us? Would we share the gospel with people? Would we be bold? Would we be personal? Would we be intentional and prayerful? And would we be encouraged that you can use everybody? You are always with us. And you can do miracles in people's hearts and in people's bodies. The gospel is power. Your name is power. You can do all things, Jesus. So I pray that, that in this place that you would encourage your followers that already know you to be bold. Because this is why we're here. Let's not waste the day of our lives thinking that this life is about us or about our comfort or about what we have, would we know that this life is for you and for people to know you? Would non-believers receive you? Father, would there be salvation? Would there be baptisms? Would there be lives transformed? Because of who you are, because of your love, because we need salvation. We need salvation. So would those who do not believe, Father, be encouraged to believe, to lay their sins aside and follow you. God, would you go with us this week in our every day? Would we be encouraged and would we not forget how important this is? Father, would we not deceive ourselves that if we don't do it, somebody else will? bold and know that nothing can touch us. Even if we're hurt, even if we're persecuted, even if we're hated, that's nothing compared to the coming glory of Jesus Christ and the riches that we have and the treasure that we have in Him, in You. Would You go with us, God? Give us boldness, give us give us faith that You will move would we go and share the gospel with others? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So yeah, come, get prayer, be prayed for, receive Jesus, and be bold this week. Be bold knowing that you can do this. This is what you are made for. You can do this. Alright, let's sing together.